teachers. As we get closer to the end of time, more and more false teachers are going to come along. Because Satan knows that his time is getting shorter. And he's going to try to do all in his power to deceive people. If it's possible, he'll get you to believe a lie so that you can be damned. He's got many souls out there that he's deceived. Keeping our guard against false teachers. Guard means to watch for protection. We got to watch ourselves. It's not enough for you to say, Brother Curly, I'm watching over you. And I'm praying for you. As your pastor, I'm constantly keeping you covered with prayer. And I'm praying for God to bless you and to help you and to guide you and do many wonderful things. Not just enough for me to do that, but you need to be doing that as well. Right. You ever have people say, I need you to pray for me. I say, I sure will. But you need to pray too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need to pray too. Don't exclude yourself. You need to be praying. And I tell people, if you ain't saved, you better get saved because he won't hear your prayer otherwise. But there sure is a lot of people that are deceived. Brother George, they're deceived in believing that you ain't got to have a righteous life. If you just pray, God will hear you. He hears everybody that prays. No, unless it's a repentant prayer, he won't hear it. Unless it's one that has prayed that prayer of repentance. And has got things right with him. And has opened that line of communication. That is open between him and them. He won't hear it. Amen. <coughs> It'll just all be in vain. It'll be empty words. It won't mean a thing. But if we make things right with him. Through repentance. And we call on him. Then he will not turn a deaf ear to us. Hear, hear our cry. Amen. Amen. Watch for protecting be a guard. Keeping safe. Someone's guarding you, then they're keeping safe. If you're guarding your heart, you're keeping things safe. I'm guarding my heart. I'm being aware. Or I'm taking heed to self. Because I'm guarding my heart. You guarding your heart. Taking heed to me. And it ain't just for you, you know. So, well, Brother Curly, you need to do so and so. No, I need to be doing it. We both need to be doing so and so. Amen. I need that medicine. You ever had somebody try to give you something they themselves have not received or taken? <laughs> but they want you to have it? Hey, uh, we both need the same thing. Whatever the Lord has, we need it. Come on again with Mark, the fourth chapter, in the first part of verse 24. Jesus said to all fathers and believers, under the sound of his voice, you look at this particular chapter that he's talking in Mark 4. All those that are listening under the sound of his voice, he said, take heed what you hear. And Sister Joan gave us a good example of that just a few moments ago up here in the pulpit. Of things that you hear. If you don't know what the Word says, and you hear somebody saying something, you may just accept it if you don't know what the Word says. You may accept it for the truth, and it may not be the truth. It may be as far from the truth as it can be. 
But if you don't know the Word of God and someone is speaking something, Jesus said, take heed to what you hear. Amen. Be on guard to what you hear. And He repeatedly called attention to His disciples in the Gospels. Yes, He did. To watch out or to be on guard for leaders that has followers backing them, supporting them, who would mislead them and pull them away from the truth. He's constantly doing that. In fact, I looked up some of his his uh, warnings that he gave to his disciples. He was telling them over 14 times in the gospel. He warned them about false teachers, false preachers, those that would mislead, come along and pull you out of the way. He called to their attention to be on guard. Be on guard. Amen. Watch out for them. Because they'll come around. Satan bring them around. He'll bring them around if he can. Because he'd like to get you off of a right path onto the path that leads to destruction. That's where he's headed. He can't get off of it. It's a sure thing for him. It's just a matter of when and the time that it's going to take place. But he'd like to pull you and me off of the path and others off the path. That's the right path that we're following Christ. In fact, Jesus said in Mark 8 and 15, Jesus warns them that the Pharisees hypocrisy. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of their hypocrisy. And he also said, and of Herod's secularism. Beware. Now we know what this word is all about here in the last seem like couple of years. We've had that word secularism being thrown out of us. Constantly, you know, trying to get America to buy into secularism. And if America buys into secularism, it means that it will be a transfer of the spiritual control to civil control. That's about as simple and easy to put it. It's what secularism is. Beware of the leaven of heresy. Because Herod was wanting civil control of everybody. He didn't want those that was in fractions, those that was group here and group over there and spiritual things taking place. He wanted to suppress that, stop it, shut it down. Amen. That's not what Satan won't do today. Yes, it is. Satan won't America to take on secularism. He's trying to get the people to, to favor secularism. Oh, yes, we need this. We need to let the government control things for us and take care of us. Oh, no, they'll do us bad. It's kind of like it's a good thing for the fish to get the worm on the hook. Well, it was good for him to get that worm in his mouth, but it was a bad thing for him to be on that hook. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was going to mean the end of his day. <laughs> it was the end of his floundering anymore. Ran to get on that hook, praise the Lord. It was over for him. And that's what secularism is. It's one 
we got those that want to, to transfer the spiritual control to civil control. The rejection or exclusion of religion and religious works. Shut us down. Shut down the Christian followers and seekers and workers of Christ. Shut them down. Set them down. Put them down. Oh, but we got to stand up for our Lord. And if we stand up for Him, He'll stand up for us. In Mark, Jesus was asked in the 13th chapter and verse 5, He was asked about the signs of the end time. And one of the first things that He declared, and He made statement to this in several of the Gospels, His first his first notice to answer the question, of course he did this same in Matthew, the 24th chapter. His, his first thing was, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. No man deceive you. Take heed. Beware. Be on guard. Protect yourself. Amen. Protect yourself. Keep yourself safe. Beware of the self of what coming to you. What's coming at you. Amen. Amen. Deception. He said this would be one of the first signs. Uh, Luke 12. 1 and 2. Before I go on to Luke 17. said in the meantime... There were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people. That's Luke 12 and 1. An innumerable multitude. There were so many they couldn't even count them in number. They were such a crowd of people. And so much that they trod one upon another. They were all walked up, stepping on each other, trampling on each other. He began to say to his disciples, first of all, he said, Beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. He said, For there is nothing, nothing covered that shall not be revealed. He said, Neither hid that shall not be known. Someone tried to deceive you with something, and if you don't know the Word of God and they're trying to deceive you, Religiously, in a religious sense, if you don't know the Word, they'll deceive you. But if you know the Word, and if you read the Word, the Lord has revealed that to you. He's revealed, He's opened up His Word to you. He's opened up His Word to me. See, this book here was written to the Scripture. It ain't written to the common. Carnal mind can't comprehend this. Some think they can some try to do it. But to get off base very far. You try to comprehend it. And you try to tell others about the economy. It's a spiritual book. Amen. It's a book about life. And those that have life, those that have received life, can talk about it and can't explain it. It's not a book that is carnal that you can read it and you can tell it for the truth of everybody else. And he said, there ain't nothing that's covered that's not going to be revealed. 
Amen. Nothing. Whatever's hid, it's going to be brought to surface. Then he says here in Luke 17 and 20, he said, When he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and he said, The kingdom of God cometh not with alteration. The Pharisees is talking to him here and they said, Well, Jesus, when is your kingdom coming? When is this kingdom coming that you're talking about? He said it don't come with observation. It's not a kingdom as you see it. It's made up of men on this earth. He said neither shall they say lo here or lo there. He said behold, or behold the kingdom of God is within you. It's supposed to be within men. Amen. It's not to say, over oh, here is the kingdom of God, so let's go over and join ourselves to this kingdom. You see how ignorant they were? See how misleading they were? They were trying to tell others about the kingdom of God. They themselves didn't even know. And they were very religious. They considered themselves to be very mentored, you know, intelligent people, educated people in the law of God. And they couldn't understand the kingdom of God. He said it doesn't come with observation. The kingdom of God is not here or there. It's supposed to be in you. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 And he said unto his disciples in verse 22, The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here or see there. He said, go not after them, nor follow them. We'll put it in short terms like this. He said, the day's going to come when you're going to be praying for the Lord to come back. You're going to be praying for the Lord because there's going to be so much deception. There's going to be so much chaos. So much that's going on in the world. Confusion. And you're going to be praying, come Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. They'll say to you, see here, see there. But he said, you go not after them, nor follow them. Amen. Amen. A true test of a minister, or a teacher, or a leader, is his conformity to the doctrine of God's Word. You believe that? It's so. It's so. Yes, it is. A true test of a minister, a leader, a preacher, is his conformity to the doctrine of God's Word, to what His Word declares. The message to the Scripture. Believers are exhorted by Christ. We, we find exhortation in the words, many words that Christ has spoken over and over again to test teachers, preachers, and leaders in the church, even out of the church. You know, there's some out there, some want to be independent and do their own thing. All they need is something to support them and to back them. 
They'll declare to others, hey, we're, we're preaching the truth. That's not true. We're told in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. When a true minister of God comes along, a true teacher, a true leader of God, hey, he'll speak all the things that the Bible speaks. Now, he might not know all things, brother. But he'll speak what he knows. Amen. There's a lot more that I've got to learn. But you've heard me say it, and I'm glad to announce to you I'm not confused. <laughs> I'm not confused on what I do. <laughs> I'm not dumb on what I do. How did I get it? By revelation. Through study and through prayer. Through divine revelation that the Lord gave me. Amen. Which no man can take from me. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about us keeping guard tonight. Against false teachers. Against false leaders. Against those that are promise you things that they can't deliver. <clears throat> you know when a person begins to promise people things. That if you'll support me and follow you. They're going to have a time delivering those things. It's going to take a lot of work to keep up whatever promises that they'll make. But one thing I, I feel very comfortable with. I don't have to make promises to you. You don't have to make promises to me. We have to make promises to follow God. Mm -hmm. Amen. To obey Him. Right. Amen. Amen. If you obey Him, He'll open up and share His promises with you. Right. And He'll open up to me and share His promises with me. But for me to stand and tell you, well, hey, if you'll follow me and support you, or support me. I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to see that you have things. God's going to bless you. He's going to pour out on you. Oh, you're going to get monies and everything. Everything's going to be good and favorable for your life. I can't promise you that. I don't know what God has in store for your life. Nor my life. No. But it sure ain't about riches. <laughs> It ain't about worldly gain. You know, if our focus is on riches and worldly gain, our focus and attention is on the wrong things. Right. Amen. Amen. We're wanting things of mammon. We're wanting things what money can buy, what money can obtain. It's on the wrong thing. Amen. Amen. If it's on spiritual things, it's on the right thing. If it's what I can attain from God's Word, what I can attain through His Spirit, Amen, to help me, enlighten me, my relationship, yeah, that's for me. 1 John 4 and 1, a very familiar scripture to all of us. If you read much of John, 1 John 4 and 1 said, Beloved, believe not every spirit. He said, don't believe every spirit. He said, but try, test the spirit, whether they be of God. If it's of God, amen. Hey, if it's of God, all men be blessed. But if it ain't of God, amen, it's not going to be a blessing. If it come from God, 
than in an honor God. Amen. Amen. If God sent it to us, then it's for our benefit to honor Him and to serve Him and to be His true witness. Believe not, He said. Believe not every spirit. Why? He said, because many, many false prophets are gone out into the world saying that God has sent me and give me this message. <laughs> That's how they win others. That's how they get support. Well, God told them. You know, when someone, I, I always say it. You better be sure you tell them the truth when you say, God told me to tell you. <laughs> that becomes a whole different, that's a whole different program right there. When I say God told me to tell you, I better not lie. I better not make try to make him out a liar because he don't lie. I'll be the liar. I'll suffer the consequences if I told you a lie. But how many times did someone say, God told me to tell you? Well, sometimes we may feel like just to basically tell somebody something. You know, just give them a little bit of good common sense or maybe share something with them. But uh, if it didn't come from God, you can't say, well, God told me to tell you. But if I tell you that God told me to tell you so-and-so, I don't have to make no beans about it anymore. And I ain't got to try to explain every little detail and everything. I just said, God told me to tell you so-and-so. And he's done that many times in my life to people. God's told me to share this with you. And I've shared it. That's it. I, hey, it's off my back. God just told me to speak it to you. No, but if I'm talking to someone and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost brings a scripture to my mind and I say, you know, the scripture just came to my mind. Well, I ain't got to say, God told me to tell this to you. I say, you know, scripture, the Holy Ghost just brought scripture to my mind. I'm going to share this with you. And if it, if it'll help you, okay. It'll do you some good. When we start telling them, God told me to tell you. God sent me. And uh, this guy like Sister Trixie said, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a little confusing when you see God sends people to places and churches that they've made a mess out of it. And they say, God sent me here. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't send you there to make a mess. He didn't send you there to divide the flock. He didn't send you there to destroy the congregation and the church in the process. To tear it down. If He sent you there, He sent you there to build it up. And you're using ignorance to tear it down. You're using the flesh to destroy it. And the flesh will. The flesh will destroy it. But the Spirit will build up and edify. Strengthen things. Amen. And if someone says, yeah, God sent me here. I mean, I can honestly say that about Camp Ranch. God sent me here. <laughs> I can honestly say that out of a clean heart with a clear conscience. I also say that months and months way before. They did send me. Got to listen. God says do it, you do it. If He don't say do it, then you just keep it alone. You leave it alone. You don't mess with it. You wait and get your directions from God. Amen. And when people hear God's leaders, God's preachers and teachers, 
talk about God using them and speaking through them. If they're following along with what the Scripture says and things lines up according to His Scripture, hey, you better believe. Hey, Amen. Because those that are following in sincere truths ain't going to stand up and lie to you. They ain't going to mislead you. They ain't going to misguide you. They're going to tell the truth to you. Because they themselves have got to live the truth as well. Amen. Yeah, he said that many false prophets had gone into the world saying that God had sinned. Me, gave me this message. If those who want to be teachers and preachers and believers don't have a diligent prayer life, I say if they don't have a diligent prayer life, if they don't show a sincere and pure devotion to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, if they don't manifest the fruits of the Spirit that Galatians 5, 22 and 23 speaks about, if they don't love sinners, if they don't hate iniquity, if they don't love righteousness and cry out against all sins, not some sins, I said cry out against all sins. One sin will carry a person to hell. Just one sin. That do not hear them or support them. false leaders, false teachers, false ministers. Amen. True men of God will seek to do those things that please God. I believe true men of God, true women of God will seek first to honor Him. Whatever they do, they want to honor Him in their life. Second, they'll lead the church. They'll believe, uh, lead believers into a salvational a sanctification, a Holy Ghost filled, a fruit of the Spirit, a manifesting of the gifts of the Spirit being operated. They'll leave their church. They'll lead them into these things that is wholesome and healthy. Amen. Amen. They'll seek to save the lost. That's a burden on their heart for the lost. They're proclaiming to be in the gospel that the Word declares of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Of all what the apostles preached and what the prophets of the Old Testament proclaimed. Amen. And if they ever do those things, then we're not to follow them. We're to warn others don't follow them. Because their path will lead to destruction. The fruit of false teachers, preachers, and believers. Will always, it will always consist of their converts never being totally committed to Christ. You believe that now? I said the fruit of false teachers, preachers, believers, will always con consist of their converts never being totally committed to all of God's work. To Christ Jesus in complete surrender to Him. They won't rely totally on what the Scriptures proclaim. They may possibly teach that the Old Testament and New Testament writings are not fully inspired of God's Word. That it wasn't His Word that came forth that inspired the men and women that wrote the Bible that we know and call it to be today. I believe holy men spake. Holy men wrote as they were inspired 
Just like the scriptures declare to us. Amen. Amen. Also, their integrity. False leaders. False ministers today. Their integrity with respect of the Lord's money. Well, this is another subject. It's largely for them and not for the work of the ministry. It's what you can give me. It's what you can do for me. How easy you can make things for me. How well you can pad my pocket with me. Don't think that I don't appreciate me and my family every penny, everything that you give towards us because we do dearly. I'm telling you, many of you, you make sacrifices, you pay your tithes, you give in offerings. And you're doing what the Bible says do because you love Him. And you're a blessing to us. When it comes around first Sunday and you give extra, that's a great blessing. And you make sacrifices. Many of you do it. Don't think we don't appreciate it because we do appreciate it. We appreciate it very much. Of your giving and of your doing. <coughs> that those that look at the Lord's money to be more so for them and not for the work of the ministry of their group or gathering, they're not to be followed. They're not to be followed. If they seek to promote God's work in ways that are inconsistent with New Testament standards, don't follow them or support them. When it comes down to finances, when it comes down to accountability, don't want to be accountable. Don't want to be accountable to you. See, I am accountable to you. I'm accountable to the church as to what I do. As your pastor, I'm accountable to you. to conduct myself in a good manly way wherever I go whatever I do because I'm your pastor and I represent this church as a whole when I'm over somewhere someplace some other town or some city or wherever I'm at and I'm speaking or visiting or whatever I'm representing the church that I pastor they say you you a pastor yeah, where are you pastoring? I'm a pastor over in Manor, Georgia, Kent Branch. It's more than just having a title and a name. You know, Satan seeks to use, he seeks to use such false deceivers, such false individuals to hinder and hurt the kingdom of God and God's church on this earth. That's what his intent is. Is to hinder God's work from going forward. And it's to hurt God's church. To mar the church. To where they don't have too good an image in the community. And you know he's done that. He's been successful in doing that. Because you've heard people. Probably somewhere or another. A friend or somewhere in your life that said. Well you know that's a. Uh, they go to church down there and boy, they're a reflection against their church. <laughs> they're a member of that church down there. And some of them say, well, you know, that's the kind of members they got. I don't want to be one down there. You know what I'm talking about? So, you know, are they getting true teaching? Well, it could be. They could be the ones individually that's rebelling against 
Brother Hancock, they'd be the one that's rebelling against the Word of God. And it's only making their life to be false. They don't have what they think that they got. Sometimes people think they got more than what they got. They don't. <laughs> they don't have it. <laughs> you can see some errors. You can see some, sure enough, red flags pop up in their spiritual walk with the Lord that they ain't where they think they are or where they need to be. Amen. But Satan's going to bring more and more as the time progresses as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. As the end time gets nearer to us, he's going to bring more and more that he can deceive and he can lead those of God's elect, Jesus said in the 12th chapter of Matthew, if possible, that he would deceive them. God's very elect. Those that have been blood-bought, blood-washed and have been walking with a, a right spirit and a true spirit of the Lord, walking in the power and presence and spirit of God Almighty. But if he can bring deception to them and get them to believe a lie, He'll do it. He'll do it if he can. That's why we have to be on guard. We got to keep guard for self constantly. All the time. I can't let my guard down. I can't let my guard down. You can't let your guard down. Amen. Because Satan, he's a spiritual foe too. And he don't rest neither. He don't have to sleep like we do. He's going about seeking whom he may devour. Amen. He's got ants all over the place. The fallen angels, the third that was kicked out of heaven with him, they're all out there. These demonic spirits are going wherever they can to possess and cause confusion and havoc wherever they're at. Amen. They just want a place to enter. They need a place to enter. And one of the places that they want to enter the most is into that which God's created, into His creation. <clears throat> they don't want to go into animals. And animals become mad. They want to go into you and me and make us be mad. Cause us to go mad. Turn against God. But if we keep on guard, we keep ourselves guarded by the Scripture, by the Holy Word of God. We keep ourselves in prayer. We keep ourselves in sincere devotion to the Lord. Amen. We stay in that sincere devotion to Him in relationships. Just basically you come to the pinnacle place. He won't be able to deceive us. And I tell you, He'll get you to believe a lie. He'll get you to believe that, hey, it's all right. It's all right if you don't go to church, but once or twice a year or one time a month, it's all right. Dang, don't worry about that. God loves you. <laughs> but are you being a witness? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Not being a witness. But if we're following all that the Lord declares, if we believe that every sin Every sin, any sin, will take you to heaven. He don't like us to believe that. He don't want us to believe that. Because see, he would have me to preach that there's some sins is okay. So you can accept them in your church. It's okay. There's some things it's okay. No, you can't. You can't accept no sin. Not any sin. Not have fellowship with any sin. Because once you fellowship with any sin, guess what happens? He departs. He just steps back and departs himself. He withdraws himself. 
Through his son, through the Holy Ghost, you'll make it. Go this way. 